So our series starting today that we've entitled the 411 of the Bible. The 411. Now, that might be somewhat of a familiar kind of uh, idea or thought to a lot of us when we hear that 411. And kind of in today's vernacular, um, there's a couple of reasons that, that we understand 411. In fact, uh, some of your plans, your phone plans, if you would dial 411, you're going to get someone to help you with some information that you need. Uh, if you listen uh, to some uh, talk shows or talk radio, they'll sometimes reference this idea, here's the 411, okay? Believe it or not, uh, Merriam-Webster's dictionary understands that it's somewhat of a slang for us today, but, but in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, they have a definition for what we mean when we say 411, and it'll say this, what's the skinny? All right? What's the, how many think, well, that's definitely for today, right? That doesn't even sound like, like Webster's Dictionary would have something like that in it. And, and what it means in today's vernacular is what do I need to know? Like, what's the information that's out there that I am missing? And so what we want to do over these next few months that we have together is to build our understanding about what do I need to know about the theme or the, the, the basis of Scripture, of the gospel, so that it, it is a building a foundation in me. And so over these next couple of weeks, I guess maybe I've, I've said to a few people, the best way to define uh, kind of this thought and this process that we're going to walk together, if maybe you've said, I've gone to church for years and yet I still don't feel like I have a really good grasp on the Bible the way I wish I did, then this is going to be a really important series for you. Or maybe you're not sure how all of the pieces fit together from start to finish, then you're going to want to be a part of, of this series. And as I mentioned in our kind of announcements, uh, when we kind of unload the, the notes for this, uh, that we are going to keep this series like live and current probably forever so that there's always going to be a place that you can go back to and, uh, and then review and kind of see from start to finish what are the important parts of Scripture that I really, really need to know. Or maybe if you know some of the stories of the Bible, but you don't really know the Bible story. Okay, does that make sense? That maybe you know some of the stories over, uh, over time, or maybe you remember when you were a kid, but you just don't know how the whole Bible works. Then again, I think this is going to be an important series that you are here and that you understand. I would really encourage you that rather than, uh, again, following, and that's the reason why we didn't put it for you today just to kind of follow in notes. What I would encourage you is that maybe a lot of you that have your devices today, there is a little note app on, on most of our devices. And maybe you can build a theme to say, hey, the 411 of the Bible. And I'm going to give you a couple of little themes, just, just one or two each week, um, that maybe on your own that you can start building a little reference library on your device. I mean, we keep them with us all the time, and it will be something that you'll have an opportunity to look back in. And then when we kind of offload or dump load uh, a little bit more of what of what each Sunday is, you'll be able to fill in the rest of that and just keep a running um, study guide with you uh, that will be available all the time. So here's what we mean when we talk about following this wonderful thread of the gospel from the beginning to the end. The Bible story begins with two people in a beautiful earthly garden 
and it ends with a multitude of people, the Bible says, from every tongue, every nation, every tribe worshiping in a magnificent city in heaven. If we think about the bookends of the Bible story, it starts with just two Peori builds to a wonderful conclusion that one day soon that we are going to be around the throne of God. The Bible says every tongue, every tribe, every nation, every people, and we are gonna worship and we are gonna celebrate and we are gonna enjoy the presence of God in a magnificent city forever and ever. Come on, somebody say amen with me today if you're looking forward to that. Uh, Amen, amen, right? Let's be excited to know that there is a wonderful conclusion to the story. So our series, I think, is going to encourage you to hopefully do one of these two things, that you'll be challenged, hopefully, to maybe read through the Bible this year. And again, that was where we wanted to put that Bible reading app out there. Again, kind of no excuses. A lot of the work has been done for you. You just need to carve out a few moments each day over this next year. And again, maybe challenge yourself to understand not just the stories of the Bible, but understand the Bible story. And I'll be explaining it every week as you are reading it, hopefully to add to the nuggets that you are doing. If that might be too much for you right now, then maybe that this series that we'll walk through will be, I guess what I'll call it, an aerial photograph to gain the big picture perspective of the Bible. So that while we are here down on the ground and maybe you have an opportunity to do some of your own personal study, that it will provide some more navigation points for you as hopefully we have this desire, even as Pastor Bailey said, to to grow and to learn and kind of invest ourselves a little bit more into this life that that we are uh, trying to live as followers of Jesus, okay? So again, it's really just challenging you to be a, a student Uh, to be a learner, uh, to understand that there's still some work that you can be doing through the week. We want to help you in every way that we can, but that as you put some of the effort in, that I believe that the wonderful Bible story is going to come alive in you more and more. Now, again, we're going to talk about kind of some big picture things. We're not necessarily going to go verse by verse or chapter by chapter. We're probably not even going to go book by book, but I want to introduce to you the really the major themes, uh, the characters, and, and the mission of the Bible itself while we realize that it always focuses on Jesus, all right? So really from the very beginning that God was, was looking to use a people and ultimately God now is using the church, but the message of the gospel is always that we have our focus, we have our attention on Jesus, all right? So there's probably going to be a couple of interactive points uh, within the message today. So again, let me remind you, the focus of the Bible is on who? Come on, say it with me. On Jesus, all right? Make sure you're paying attention already, right? So although there are a lot of stories in the Bible, the story is about Jesus, about God's love for us as his people and what he was willing to do to show us that love. So I trust that you'll commit this year with me and with others today really to be a learner, to be able to dig deep and maybe to give some effort, maybe a little bit more effort than you have in the past. And let's experience what I believe the Holy Spirit can do in 
and through you when you make God's word a priority, uh, when you, again, maybe say no to some other stuff so that you can say yes to what it is to know God a little bit more. And rather than just, again, allowing it for whether me to spoon feed you every week, that that you become a self-feeder as well, that God will create an appetite in you and in each and every one of us for more. How many are willing to say yes to that, yeah? Yeah, okay, like maybe 60%, I don't know, huh? That we're willing, again, to step into that a little bit more this year. So as we move through this, again, I'll just kind of set up our series a little bit by way of introduction today. Uh, I had a friend of mine that, that came to visit uh, me that, that was from outside of the U.S., and, and I wanted to take him to a, a baseball game. I mean, there's kind of nothing more American, right, uh, that, that kind of our, our national pastime to be able to get to a baseball game. And although he was familiar, right, that it wasn't a, a brand new concept to him, that he had never been uh, to a baseball game before. And so although he was familiar, he really didn't understand the ins and the outs, Pun intended. All right, some of you are with me, all right? Some of you are with me. You're like, oh my, I got to pay attention. Pastor Jim's on. It's on the first Sunday, right? So although he kind of understood some of the big concepts and, and with some familiarity could enjoy the game, he couldn't thoroughly understand or enjoy the game like you and I that, that maybe have lived with it our whole life because we understand that sometimes there is a game inside of a game, right? That it's not just always what we see, but for those of us that maybe are a little bit in tune, let's just say to baseball, we know the managers are doing particular things, quote, almost behind the scenes to set up his players or pitchers have different pitches in different circumstances and we kind of forecast or we under know understand a little bit more of what they're trying to do to get the result that they're after and so in some ways there is a game inside of a game and so for us to fully understand and appreciate everything that is going on it's good that we study and learn and get the most out of it well, in the same way, I believe that's what this series, and this is what our time will be in these next couple of weeks together, that there are more than just the stories in the Bible, but there is a Bible story that we have to understand. We have to know that something is going on, has been going on, something is coming, and that God loved us enough to put it all out there for us to help us to understand what is happening. And so I want to introduce to us a new word each week that will be the biblical theme by which the gospel is hung and what is truly the foundation of and how Christianity is built. So here's the part, maybe again in your phones, maybe on that note app, that maybe you'll create some kind of heading and each week, but systematically what the story of the Bible is all about. And today, that word is life. Everybody say it with me. The word today is what? life. And so we're going to recognize that we're going to start at the beginning and we are going to move ourselves all the way to the end of the story. But we recognize that the Bible story begins with life. The Bible begins with God walking on to the stage and introducing himself. I would imagine that even if you haven't gone to church much in your life, you could probably quote the opening line to the book. 
There are probably a lot of famous books, right, that, that are, are across humanity, and we might not know all of the book, but we kind of know the beginning of the book. There is a line, right? It was the best of time. It was the worst of time, right? There are, there are opening phrases that are familiar to us all. And in the same way, in this book that God has given to us, there is an opening line, listen, that sets the course for the rest of the book. Now, they tell us kind of whether with public speaking or uh, in various ways that when we communicate to people that it is important really within the first 30 seconds to have something to say that is going to gravitate, that is going to, you, you will be able to grab your audience and almost dare them not to listen to you. That's why a lot of speakers, whether they'll start with a joke or start with something that, that captivates everyone's attention, that first 30 seconds is really important to engage everybody in what the next hour might include. And so when we look at this Bible from cover to cover, God does the very same thing for us. He lays down for us the, the first word, the opening line that sets the course and really dares us not to dive in and dig in more about what really the book is all about. And so the first thing that God says in his introduction is that in the beginning, right, you could say it with me, in the beginning, God. Genesis chapter 1 Verse 1. So the first thing that God wants us to know is that he is here. And that he has always been here. Now, maybe today, more than any other day, that is so important for us to understand what these value points are for us today. Because again, everything else that we are going to speak about in these following weeks are going to hang on today. This is the most foundational truth that we will understand uh, that everything else hangs on this. So God wants us to know something from the very beginning and that he is here and that he has always been here. And the second thing that he wants us to know from the opening line of the book as to what he has done. And that's what we embark in, that there is a God who is here there is a God who has always been here, and he wants to reveal to us just what he has done. And so in the beginning, some of you could jump ahead with me. You know the very next line. In the beginning, God, what? He created everything, right? The Bible says he created the heavens and the earth. And so from a perspective for you and I, Whenever we think of the heavenlies, probably from a very rudimentary thought process, we think about our own little world. Uh, I, I probably get lost pretty quickly when we begin to talk about universes and multiple universes. We hear scientists and, and, and astronomers and, and all of those that, that commit their life to, to see beyond. We send these... Uh, special telescopes, and, and we hear phrases that they've been able to look, you know, thousands or light years into the future and see universes upon universes and whatever. And, and as grandiose as that is, I think, honestly, that's a little bit beyond most of our idea of comprehension. But we recognize that whatever scientists, whatever from our own human faculties can begin to understand, what we need to know from the beginning is whatever is out there God created. The heavens upon the heavens upon the heavens upon the heavens are God's. 
And then he wanted to realize for us to know that what we are a part of right here on earth is his creation with us. There's not much that we can know, and we'll talk about it uh, in just a few minutes, about all that, that is out there, but God wants to be very clear for our world that is a part of our world what we need to know right here on earth. So in the beginning, God created everything. The author wants us to know that our discovery will lead us to see that everything, listen to me, church, and he means Everything is his work entirely. Again, I want you to grasp this. Some of you, again, maybe on a casual sense, you know that. But I want you, again, if you're taking notes, make sure that, that you embark on this theme today. That everything that is, God says, is that he made it. That it's his. And that's really important because the creator, listen, has always the rights of ownership, okay? So again, here's a little interactive part for us again this morning. If I said, just do it, what company do you think of right away? Right, okay? If I said, have it your way, come on, stop being so sleepy on this first Sunday, right? Come on, what is it? Have it your way, yeah, or, and this might be a little, but I think there's at least one person or a couple of people, the ultimate driving machine. Yeah, that's a BMW, all right? So, Jen Young, if you are here today, I should have heard you shout that out today, all right? So, what's the point? You see, the creator has rights of ownership. Again, what I tell you today, again, as you zone in, please don't miss, these are substantial truth points that everything else will build on today. You see, what we know even in our world today is that you can't use slogans because they belong to an owner, the creator of that particular business. In fact, if you tried to market yourself by using that slogan, just do it, and you put it on your business, or you put it on your letterhead, or you advertised it as your business, how many know very quickly you would be getting a letter from some lawyers, right, from the Nike Corporation saying, you have no right to use that slogan because it's our creation. It's ours exclusively, and you have no right to it. You see, you would get in a lot of trouble if you tried to misrepresent the creator. You see, this is important for us to realize. The creator always has the rights of ownership, and the fact that God said that he owns everything that is made, this is what it means to you and I today. You are not an accident. Your life is not an accident. You see, what we're going to come up with over these next couple of weeks is the truth that it's either God's or it's yours. It's either going to come from the heavenlies or it's going to come from the earth. And we will begin to see, hopefully I'll be doing my very best to help you to see the fallacy of, of what we can choose and where a particular path will lead us and what confusion, what hurt, what calamity it will produce 
when we choose the wrong road. And the truth is that there are only two paths to pick. God is saying to us today that in the beginning, it's all mine. I'm the creator, and no one, you, anyone else, has any means to ever thwart or misrepresent what the creator has established. And what we need to recognize, every single one of us today, is that we are not an accident. Now, if we believe that our life was an accident, again, believing that from a human standpoint, that somehow that our life came from an arising of a millennia of human history, that there was just some unknown cause, some bang, some creation over a point of millions of years that slowly over these millennia that that life forms began to metastasize and change and form and create and evolve itself into what we are today. If that was the fact, then the truth is, is that we would be a free agent accountable to no one but ourselves. So again, here's the choice that we have to understand and that we have to be able to articulate. So it's one of two ways. So that human sense, right, unlike a God voice, gets to say that I am my own then, and I create myself, that all of these rights, all of this stuff are mine. And with that, then comes the right of your own humanness. And that's why I believe the opening line is so important for us to understand, because every decision that you and I will ever make has to be based on it's either me or it's God. It's either his word, his truth, his direction, or it's mine, right? Or it's of human understanding. Because only one of these two can be true. So you are either an accident or these random facts, again, over millions of years that somehow have brought about to us this life that I know, these cells and these proteins in my body that give me the ability to think and to act and and to go through life, again, with complete liberty to do whatever I please with my life. Again, are we speaking 2024 or not, right? Right? It's my life, it's my choice, Uh, it's my identification, it's what I say is me and how life revolves around me. So listen, nothing, nothing against that right now, right? But it's just simply saying if that's your path, then truly, you get to indulge in this life, you get to trash your life, you get to end your life because you realize that there is nothing meaningful in life. It's just mine to live, to create, to do with whatever it is. I live, I die, whatever. It's just me, and there might be meaning to you, but that's it. And at the end, there is nothing else. Or we understand God, that God has created, that we have come about by a creator, that with that comes along absolute rights of ownership over our life. Now listen, for those of you that maybe push back on that a little bit here even today, we don't battle that in any other part of our life, right? We recognize creators and their work, and we are okay with that. We're like, hey, we can't embellish that. We can't step over the line with that. That's theirs. We appreciate that in every, in every form of life 
But yet sometimes we struggle to say, no, my life is, is mine. That God, God, you stay out of it. You're, you're the creator, but, but you don't have full rights. And so I guess what I'm here to say on week number one, we can't have it both ways. So I'm probably going to make a lot of you happy. I might make some of you angry, and there might be some of you today still in the middle. You're not sure. So maybe it'll be a good Sunday, right? But I want you to stick with me because I'm going to be very open and honest with you. I'm not jamming anything down your throats. We're going to systematically walk through what I believe is so important for you to understand. So you might not want to pick today, is it God or is it me? But let me just tell you, those are your only two options. It's either God-driven or it's human-driven. It's either going to be a story that provides meaning and purpose for your life, or it's yours to use and abuse and to realize this is all I get. I might get 20, I might get 30. If I'm lucky, I might get 70 or 80, but that's all I get, and it's over. So you can get to decide really what the fullness of life and purpose can really be for your life. What I believe we'll discover is, again, that your life is a trust that is given to you from God. But I get all the benefits. Sometimes as an organization, right, we get endowed a trust. Sometimes you, maybe because of a grandparent or as a friend, has included you, right, at the end of their life. They, they have entrusted you. You didn't do anything to deserve it necessarily, to earn it, to get it, that it was a gift. It was a trust that, that is given to you to maximize, to do the very best with, to hopefully to benefit you. And so in the same way, this life, everybody say life, this life that we are given is a trust from the creator to do his very divine best with the purpose that he has put inside each and every one of us. So hear me today, friends. You are not worthless. You are not aimless. God chose to bring you into existence. That's the creator's design. Creators create. Creators bring forth. And he did it on purpose, and he has a purpose for you. And what I am hoping is, is that this could be just that year where you are going to allow me to help you to walk through this story so that you, more than any other time in your life, can figure out, I am not an accident. That there is purpose for my life. I realize, and again, you're going to have to stick with me. I'm probably raising a lot more questions in your mind right now, so you're going to have to stick with me for the next couple of weeks, and I promise to make really good sense out of it for you. But to recognize that there are probably difficulties or struggles that you could quickly identify in your life to realize, man, I, I, I seem to be far off of purpose. I don't feel some of the things that, that you're talking about, Pastor Jim, today. Yeah, because there, there were some changes to God's original plan. But before we get there, we have to have a starting point. We have to know that there is some place that we can go back to get an honest understanding of how it all began. And how it all began is that God had purpose for you, for mankind. God, God created us wonderfully with, with a heart in mind to provide everything that we need. That we are not a random accident. That it did not create millennia of a million different things to somehow randomly formulate together 
to be able to bring man to life. God in a moment that we will look together, God in a moment of creation began life, wonderful life for us. But here's the part. If we don't know the creator, then it will be very difficult for us to understand ourselves. And that's part of the journey of, of being in the word and, and again, choosing what understanding, what pathway, what road you want to take. Because as much as we are trying to fix ourselves or find out ourselves, we have to realize we are not the center of the universe. So obviously there's still a lot of confusion and has been in the heart and in the mind of man, and I say that generically, men, women, of trying to find ourselves, trying to fix ourselves, trying to find out what's wrong, and unfortunately we are starting with the wrong person in the equation. Because the universe, as strangely as it may sound to you, does not revolve around you. And so before we try to figure you out, we first have to figure out what's going to make sense in us is to figure out who and what and why our creator so is and why he brought me into purpose. So until we know the creator, we are never going to fully understand and know ourselves. You say, well, why is this important? Because if people believe that they are meaningless accidents, then simply life is cheap. There is no eternal purpose. There is no build that provides for all of humanity. If we simply believe that the world revolves around us, then everything else, believe it or not, and maybe people are willing to say it or not, but everybody else is meaningless. It's just simply all about me. Now, you might say, well, pastor, I try not to live that way. Well, you can try all you want, but that will always be the case. And unfortunately, from the beginning of time beyond this moment, right, when, when wrong, unfortunately, became part of the story, but we don't have to look very far even into the past of what most of us know as, as current past history, is that when people believe that it is about them and they step into leadership, domination, we realize that the world gets in trouble in a hurry. The most monstrous evils of our time have been built on the assumption that human life is an accident, it's random, and that as a human or as a person, we get to deem what is right, what is worthy, what is expendable. And so the unborn have no purpose. They are not living. They are not breathing. And so we come up with the belief that they are expendable. God says he is what? What's our key word? Okay, I'm going to make you all go home and come back. He is about life about living, not about dying or killing. And so when man has a choice to legislate or belief system in him, we can recognize if we see no purpose, no value that adds to the machine, then it's up to our choice whether people can live or die. 
Listen, it has happened in the past and there is continued thought and feeling today. Well, then if you're handicapped or if you're disabled because you cannot contribute, hello, then you can be eliminated. Listen, we don't have to look too far back into our history to realize that some of these thoughts dominated the world, our world, not too long ago. And if you're the wrong color, the wrong race, you have the wrong hair color or eye color, or you don't believe in what I believe, and again, we have seen it over and over again, then you can be eliminated. You see, that's not God-driven, that's man-driven. That's a, a, a man's twisted religion against humanity, and that is not what God says to us from the beginning. God says that life, all life, is precious. All life is not an accident. You are not an accident. No matter what color your skin is, what color your eye is, what deformity or malady you might have, God says your life is valuable. He is about life. So the Bible describes it and continues to explain it this way. Again, if we would, again, most of us know these first opening verses of the book. For we have been made in his image. Listen to me. All of us. All of us. What creates more tension within humanity, right, is a pulling of our own value system as as individual or group of people. We come from a certain place, and so we feel that we're better than you. There might be social, economic reasons that, again, put some people higher on the pecking order than others. And when people feel that they have no voice, no rep, uh, representation, what happens? Oftentimes, violence breaks out. We're always trying to even the scales. Maybe it's economically of the rich versus the poor. And when it's always a human element, let me tell you, there will always be crisis. There will always be harm. There will always be an ending to life, war and rumor of war, trying to dominate, trying to one-up human against human. But we have to realize the story says from the beginning that we have been made in his image, all of us. So we come from different parts of this planet. We come with different skin tones, different dialect, different color, whatever it will be. But the truth is, is that we are all equal with God. We are all precious, that our life matters. Here's the second thing that might be a little tougher to swallow. We are all absolutely dependent on him. Again, here's that rub. Here's that fork in the road. So some of this you're going to say, well, okay, Pastor, I'll go, I'll go along with all that. But then there's going to be a moment, right? Because you can't have both. You can't have it both ways. It's going to be one way or the other. And it's important for you and I to realize that we are absolutely, completely, 100% dependent on him. Why? Because he is the creator. We have no pick and choice moment. It's the image of God, hear me today, church. It's the image of God that separates us from every other living thing. Now, the reason why I need you to pay attention today, hopefully every Sunday, but maybe even more a little bit today, because if you don't get the first thing 
a lot of other stuff you're going to struggle to make sense out of. I remember when I was in junior high, um, in the, the, the school plan that, that I chose, I was going to have to take algebra. Um, again, higher mathematics. And I remember my dad. My dad was super smart, way smarter than me, especially in, in these areas. And I remember him, I remember the teacher just saying, listen, if you don't get these first couple of rules, these principles right, you're not going to do well. Anybody with me? Right? If you don't nail these first couple of things down by mid-semester, you're going to be lost. Like, you're going to be done. Well, if some of you realize that in your own academic, then please understand this in your spiritual life. If you don't get today... If you don't reason out today, and that's why I want to take a little bit more time with you today, if we don't get today, you're going to struggle with the rest of the story. And so this image of God, say that with me, the image of God. Let's get another key point. Again, if you're in your notes on your device, write that in there, under life. It's the image of God. Nothing else was made in the image of God but you and I. We are special We are unique in the plan, in the story of the Bible. That's why there's no randomness to this. That's why it wasn't, again, over the millennia, somehow thousands of things happened and slowly we got here. We are special and we are unique. Let me me jump ahead. Some of you know the story a little bit more. But when the devil, right, so we're still early in the Bible story. When the devil came to the couple in the garden, what form did he take? Okay, so, so of what kingdom was the servant a part of? The animal, right? The, you're with me on that? It's part of the animal kingdom. Right? Again, this is, understand this. When he came to deceive God's creation, he came as an animal. Why? Because they don't hold the unique value that humans do. They are not unique and special to God. They have not been created in the image of God. Now go with me when God showed up to humanity. When God showed up and came to earth, what form did he take? Did he take an animal form? Why? Because he's not about an animal. He took what form? A human form. Why? Because we are made after his image. It is humanity that connects with God and God alone. That's why somehow in this process, if we came from animals or we came from monkeys, it's completely false because we are not. Again, you can choose to believe that, but please understand, you're on a whole separate pathway that has a whole separate ending. And and there are only two paths. So if you're not willing to believe this, that's fine. But I want to present why we believe what we believe. You see, the truth is, is that we come after the image of God, separate from every other creation that God made. God said it to us, let us make man, how? In our own image. Not only God alone, but the pronouns there talk about us and our image, meaning the full Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit are in complete unison together in this connection with the story that includes you and I into his wonderful value of life. So God gives to us as humans the gift of life. 
In the opening chapters of the Bible, God reveals there are four wonderful gifts that make life full and meaningful that are God-designed and God-directed. And there is no variation of these. This is what it is. The first thing when we, again, maybe remember the beginning of the Bible story, we're only going to go into the first two or three chapters today. The first thing that God gives to us is a presence. Not just create everything. There are a lot of people that say God was just the clock winder. God created everything, wound everything up, and then just kind of vanished. Just kind of started it and walked away. But that's not true. God didn't walk away. God walked into. God, after his creation of us in his own image, came and walked with Adam and Eve. God, although he is eternal and invisible, he came to Adam, the Bible says, each day to reveal his presence. Somebody say, thank the Lord today. Genesis chapter 3, 8. And the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he came walking into the garden as he did in the cool of the day. You see, what we understand in this gift of life that we get is God's presence. So again, when we attain ourselves to human suffering and struggle and depression and all those kind of things that can work devastation upon our lives, you have to go back to the beginning to realize that when God says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, I mean, that from the very beginning of the story, it was God's purpose not to just wind everything up and leave us, but he'd give us his presence to be with us each and every day. God says, I am his, the immutable fact of God is that he never changes. He cannot change. And so God came from the very beginning to realize that he gives us his presence. As Peter and John and Philip and Thomas walked with Jesus, we read those stories. Listen, from the very beginning, so Adam and Eve walked with God. A gift that God gives to us is his presence. The second thing that he gives to us is a place. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put man whom he had formed. It goes on to talk about, even in some specifics, the, the river that watered the garden. There were four of them. Two of them, again, that has been listed now for thousands of years. The Tigris, the Euphrates are rivers that are still identified today. And although we don't have some exact location of where Eden is, about where everything began. And we can find that out to be true over and over and over again. Let me just kind of do a little sidestep here today. According to Scripture, according to this plan that God is working for you and I, this is all there is for us. We are spending millions and billions of dollars trying to find life on other planets, right? I mean, I love to, you know, that scientists, they, they find a drop of, of liquid or moisture on Mars, and then somehow there must have been life on that planet, and again, they are going to go back through the millions and billions of years and cells, somehow how they have gathered and somehow the, how they have equipped. Some like the theory of aliens, 
that, that there are aliens out in the universes and they zip in and out and there are some of these unexplainable encounters and moments that people have had. And although we have no legitimate proof of all of that, except there supposedly is one that was captured in 1950 in a bunker now in New Mexico, right? And every picture and every drawing is of the same exact, right, green structure with the big black eyes, right, that is the representation of all of the life force that is all in the world that is around us. But God helps us to understand that everything that is out there, this heavens, multiples that he has created, that there are no other characters in the story but humanity. Listen, for some of you that are still looking for aliens, all I can say is good luck. Good luck. Just like, again, some of you that might get mesmerized by these people that are finding ghosts. And yet, after season, after season, after season, still no ghosts. You see, the truth is, is that you are the focal point. We are the focal I'd love to tell you how that all came to be, but we realize that is solely and wholly a God thing. We're gonna find that truth down the road. But we realize that you are the center of God's most creative power. God created us. He created us alone. The story revolves around his son, but his son to, again, save us. And in the same way, God is still preparing a place for people, a place here on earth, and ultimately a place in his house forever. You see, that's again what hopefully provides discipline, direction, and hope for each and every one of us. You see, the Bible teaches us that when we take our last breath here on earth, we're going to take our very next breath in his house. You're going to leave this house. Paul explains that this body is a tent. It's just a house that, that who we really are is living in. Who we're, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you. It's not really us. It's just the tent. It's the house. It's not the contents. It's not the soul that's inside. And in that moment, in the blink, right, we're going to exhale of this and we're going to inhale of what God has ordained so that, again, the end of the story, that there are Multitudes upon multitudes upon multitudes that are in his house understanding and wondering the story, this place that he has reserved for us to be with him forever. But before we get there, God has also created, first of all, a people, but also a place. Today, you and I get to enjoy. The people were the children of Israel throughout the gospel story. And then it became a place. It became the church of Jesus Christ. You see, you and I today are a part of the story because of the place, this wonderful gift of life that God has given to us by way of his church. I think that's why so many of you that over time have walked in here for the very first time and have instantly said, I'm home. I could probably ask for you to raise your hands. I think there would be probably a lot even here today. 
How many times I have told the story of people that said, yeah, Pastor Jim, like we knew we needed to get back to church or maybe we you know, just never really engaged in church or we're raising a family or maybe we felt like we needed to find a place that, that there was more. And so we, we started off with a list of three or five churches, right, that we're just gonna shop around. I mean, that's been the genre for the last 10 years. Like we're church shopping, right? And how many of you, again, if I probably raised your hand, there'd be hands probably across the room today that said, yeah, we had five on our list. Uh, we came to real life for the very first Sunday, and we just threw the list away, right? Like we found a place. We found a home. Now hear me. I don't say that to brag on us. That's for us to be reminded that God has a place for you. That's not a slam to any other church. Obviously, we have a lot of churches that are filled with wonderful people today. It's just that you know What connected and clicked for you at real life is because God ordained you to be a part of this family. That's why it feels so right. And I want you to know that that's a wonderful gift. His church is a gift, a gift that you and I probably need to pour more into because it's so valuable to the kingdom. Thirdly, God gave us a purpose. God told Adam that he wanted him to join him in looking over the creation that he had made. Now, at the beginning, we call it work, and I know that when I say that, some of you kind of, right? But we understand that work is not of the devil as much as you'd like it to be. There are probably people there sent there by the devil, right? But we know that work is not of the devil. Work is of God's. It's purpose, and, and, and probably some of the things, and, and realizing, taking the human element out of it, like a lot of people that retire struggle in retirement. Why? Because I got to do something. I, just, I still have to do something. Why? Because God breathed that into us in the breath of life, that there is purpose for us. We're not used or washed up. Listen, many of you know, it's, and, it's, and it's cultural, because in America, our culture is, is to put the gray hairs people away. But that's not true in almost every other culture in the world. Certainly in the Middle Eastern culture where the whole story begins. If you have gray hair, you're not at the end of the list. You're where? You're at the top of the list. You're not the last to speak. You're the first to speak. Why? Because that's how God designed it to work. And there are different cultures that have used and abused that understanding, but what we need to understand is that God gave us purpose. We could call it work. We could call it purpose. God told Adam, go name the animals. Go go take care of the garden. Occupy this time, right? We are his people, and God has given us a purpose. Listen, for some of you, and I know that even more in this season, there is depression, right? Seasonal depression. And, and yet we know that that is a very real thing all year round. And part of that depression is, is because people are struggling with their purpose. I talk to people all the time. I don't want to get out of bed. I don't, I don't want to do this. I, I'm, I can't find any motivation. And so listen, I have huge compassion for you today. But part of that answer is is being reassured, you have purpose. Listen, it is your surroundings, 
you're, you're listening to the wrong voice that is trying to assume to you today that it's built on you and because you struggle that, that there is going to be struggle or we recognize today that God has breathed into you purpose. And again, part of that help is to maybe find or be reassured of purpose. How do you do that? Well, one of the first things you do is you serve. You stop laying in the pity party of life and you get up and you realize, you confirm to yourself from day one, life, I have purpose. God breathed into me something very direct, very specific. And listen, there are challenges that, that have thwarted me from realizing that. And I might need some help getting some reboundary of that. But at the base of it, I first have to believe my life is valuable to God. Listen, if you will believe that, depression has got to go. Why? God is greater than depression. God is greater. And you need to assure yourself. And that's why this place is important. Because is the world going to tell you that? And what has God given you to help you in those moments where it's tough? His people. This place that we are affirmed. Why do we worship? Because it affirms to us again we are a part of God's wonderful plan in life. The last thing is that God gives to us a partner. Then God made man complete when he gave him a partner. God gave to Adam a perfect compliment. Now hang on and please, most of you, I think you know me, have been here for a long time, you know my heart. God did not make another man for a man. God made a woman for a man. Please understand my heart. I'm not, I'm not looking to get angry, to jam something down anybody's throat. I'm not looking to fight. None of that. I want to present to you just right from Scripture. And, I want, and some of you that might be ready to amen all these parts, all I tell you is hold on because I'm coming after you too. God did not create another man for a man. God does not create a woman for a woman. That is a human endeavor. Never will we find that in scripture. But a compliment, the four gifts of life, because we know that man and a man cannot reproduce life. We know a woman and a woman cannot produce life. Biologically impossible. Well, there are scientists in Sweden. Let's listen. Ain't never gonna happen. God created woman for a man to bring completion. To bring forth what? Say it louder. Because it's all about what? Life. The first truth that we have to understand now, for those that, again, live an opposite viewpoint, let me help them a little bit today. God brought man and woman together in a marriage that is to be pure and to be holy. And the reason why humanity can say, well, there's nothing wrong with man, man, woman, woman, whatever, is because they have a very sad picture to look at a lot of the lives that of people that are married, that are not living and following godly principles or lifestyles either. 
if your marriage is not pure and holy, then don't look at someone trying to live an alternate lifestyle. If our marriages as a follower of Jesus are not healthy, then don't point your finger at a gay couple because you're just as wrong and you're just as guilty. I told you I was coming for you. (laughs) I warned you, so don't be angry. You see, the truth is is that we can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. You see, if we stopped right now in the story, we could only reason that this is exactly how God ordained us to live, that he provides for us everything that we need for life. God gives us air. God gives us this universe that is constructed in such a way so that we can live God gives us his presence so emotionally, inwardly, we can live. God gives us companionship so that we are complete partners, being able to fulfill the purpose of us, and that is to provide ongoing life. We are created perfectly, a man and a woman brought together in a holy union, which is the definition of marriage. And these two, a man and a woman, shall become one flesh. Let me finish this morning. I know a little bit long today, but big introduction to help kind of set the pattern. You see, knowing who God is and what he has said about us and what he has done and what is his should give us pause to realize which voice we need to listen to most. That's why it doesn't take us very long to get into the story to realize there are two branches. And again, in life, in humanity, I'm here to tell you, you can pick whatever branch you want. I'm not, I'm not here to, again, jam anything down your throat. Hopefully you felt that today. But I'm simply here to tell you that there is truth And there is falsity, and that there is a cause and effect, and there is a finality, good and horrible, depending on which road you choose. And so what lesson, what voice are you listening to most? Someone that really wants to absolutely destroy you, or one that wants to affirm to you again today that you have purpose that you have wonderful life. And even though that life got messed up, God said that he would provide a way for us that we didn't even have to do on ourselves to get back to the eternal purpose, the eternal truth of who we are. Now, I haven't done this for a long, long time. This is gonna be the big conclusion today. And I told you that throughout the service, we were a little interactive today. And, And you've been a little lagging on me. I'll just, let's just put it out there, right? So I know this is going to be a huge ask, all right, but it's going to be the end. So I need 13 people to jump out of your seat like really quick and come up here and help me. 13 people right now. So come on, 13 people. Let's go, let's go, let's go, right? We might end up, looks like as the crowd is moving with more than 13, so I'll send some of you home. That's all right. So, all right. All right, come on, Connie. Let's see how we got. We'll, we'll send somebody home. So we got one <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Are you kidding me? Twelve? All right, David, thank you. All right, 
Maybe you guys, can you shuffle a little bit to your left just a little bit? All right. All right, a lot of work for this big ending, okay? So everybody stick with me. I'm going to ask you just to hold this right just that way, okay? Maybe with two hands, yep. Adriel's giving me a little background music just because we're quiet right now. And 13. Okay, so if you guys are all holding them up that way, like kind of with two hands. Yeah, and what I'm going to ask you to do in just a moment for those of you holding them is just to be able to kind of, don't do it yet, don't do it yet, but just kind of flip it that way. Okay, I'm going to ask you to flip it. We're going to, don't do it yet, don't do it yet, Marilyn. Oh, you're always the first one in so many wonderful ways, right? We always talk about Marilyn don't, being first. Not now, though, all right? Okay, so I want you to, she's kind of in a second. So you might need to hold them up. I know for some of you, because, you know, everybody's scattered around everywhere. I want you to see this. Can anybody read these words? Can anybody read this sentence? Does it make sense to anybody? Nobody? Doesn't make any sense, does it? So here's what I want everybody to do in just this next moment is they're just gonna all right do it with me just flip just flip it over now you can do it so let's just have Connie just maybe take a little step this way John and Amy maybe separate just a step can you all read this sentence what does it say Jesus loves you. Now, now, why couldn't you read it? That's what it said. But why couldn't you read it before they flipped it over? Do you know why? Because when I typed these out, I just went one key to the left on the keyboard. Same pattern, just one key to the left. And guess what? Nobody could understand the message. You see, and what humanity has done versus what God has said is just ever so slowly just move us one step to the left. And we miss the purpose of who God is and what God has done and what his message is to every one of us. Listen, we can yell and scream at the other side and we can fight and all those kind of things, but the truth is is that we always have to be careful about throwing stones at glass houses. And as a church, what I want to do this year is to provide for you God's biblical truth. Can I tell you when we get it right, it's always right. We don't have to fight it. We don't have to scream it. We just have to do it. And I challenge you on this first week of January. What are these areas that you are missing the mark on? And guess what happens? The people in your life are missing the message. Because we are not fully representing him. I understand there are probably people in this room today that 
have way different views on life than I've presented to you today. And that's perfectly all right. Glad you're here. I hope you know what you know, why you know it. But I'm here to help real life to know what we know and why we know it. Not because of my words, but because of God's word. Amen.